Thank you for listening to our Love City Church podcast. Visit us online at www.lovecitychurch.ca. We pray that this message encourages you and strengthens you in your walk with Jesus. Come on, we're going to get into the Word today and uh, get into our new series here on money. Come on, somebody. Uh, I thought you have a feel. Oh, God, here we go. <laughs> I, um, I know that some of you here today are probably wondering what this is going to be about, and uh, some will say, okay, here we go. Uh, but, you know, I, I have a real heart to, to help. I believe God wants to do something supernatural uh, in our church in 2022. I believe the Lord wants to bring supernatural transformation in our finances. I believe the Lord wants to bless us financially like we've never been blessed before. I believe the Lord wants to eradicate debt from people's lives in 2022. I believe there's going to be breakthrough in many of our lives, and I'm really looking forward to getting into this today as we just take some time to study the word together and what Jesus says about money. Uh, Joel, I'm not sure why, I don't know if it's the Wi-Fi or what, but I'm, I'm struggling, brother, to get on here today. But before I, I get into this today, I just wanted to encourage you uh, to, uh, about something that we're super excited about, which will be on the screen. It's called Heart for the House. It's something we do every year. At the end of the year, we give an offering, uh, a, a year-end offering, and it's an investment into uh, the house of God. And really what it is, it's an investment towards the differing uh, areas of, of ministry that we are uh, going to be launching. Come on, we want to bless our kids' ministry and our youth ministry. Come on, we got so many kids, and we want to we just continue to expand the, uh, the, the excellence and the quality is also just the, the, the footprint and the, the expansion of our Sunday gatherings with our worship and different environments. And, you know, we want to we believe that for 2022 that we, the, the prophetic word said, that we're going to have a permanent facility. I don't know what that means in 2022, but we want to make an investment. My wife and I are prayerfully considering uh, an investment into uh, that this this year. And there's several other things, but I want to encourage you to prayerfully consider. We'll talk a little bit more about that. I'm going to send out an email tomorrow. Uh, it'll be a short video with my wife and I just explaining a little bit more, but be prepared for that. And then secondly, the next slide there, I want to encourage you. Many of you here today uh, have only been with us now for seven months. Think about it. We didn't even open our doors until May of this year because of COVID. <laughs> so we've only had church for seven months this year. And many of you came to us this year. You didn't hear our, create, uh, our Creating Margin series last year. I need you. Watch it online here in the day. I, I need every one of you, if you can, go online and listen to that three-part series. I want you to, to go online and listen to that because I want to move past those things to teach you what I'm going to teach you in this series. That was step one. This is step two. And so I want to encourage you, go back, listen, watch it. It's on every platform you can think of. Uh, it's on our YouTube page. It's on our Give page. It's on our Heart for the House page. Listen to those sermons again. There's three areas that I talk about, the foundation of biblical margin. I believe that I lay out for you in that first one what our finances should look like. I believe biblically we are taught exactly how our finances should look like. And in that sermon, I believe God gave us wisdom on, and I, I have a, a graph, it's in our Discover class, it'll show you exactly what the goal is for your finances, it gives you vision for your finances. We also talk about the ancient biblical practice that God gave his people for millennial on how to, uh, to submit their finances to God in a way where they would trust, on, trust in him. You know what it's called? Tithing. 
And there's an obedience factor to that. That's our second week. Our third week, we talk about what is biblical giving. A lot of people just think that giving and generosity is anytime you give your money. Actually, that's not biblical giving. The only way for you to biblical give is to biblically tithe first. And so there's really powerful biblical things in there. And the reason I want you to hear it is because I want to see breakthrough in your life and finances. I'm, I'm, I'm not just saying this. I, I, I wish, if you don't know me, I wish you did know me more to know that I don't have a dog in the fight. I don't have an agenda. I ain't that kind of guy. I just want to see breakthrough in your life. And I am a living, walking example of what we preached on last year in creative margin, Creating Margins and what we're living today financially. I am not a rich person, but I sure feel very wealthy. God somehow in some way has provided in our life a way for us to be able to live a non-rich life. Most of you make more money than I do, but somehow, some way, I feel in my spirit that I'm a rich man. And I'm going to tell you, there's something about supernaturally that God wants to teach you and show you. And I believe in 2022, you hear that ring, Curtis? Maybe you can work on that, brother. I'm sure you are. Uh, the, the, in 2022, we are going to see uh, ungodly, unhealthy debt eradicated from our life and our church. Amen? And we're going to be a generous people a people who give, a people who are uh, faithful uh, in the things of God. Amen? Amen? Amen. Well, come on, let's get into it today. Come on, as I mentioned, I just believe that God wants us to live a blessed life. Now, you hear that, they go, here we go. Here comes the name it, claim it, prosperity gospel. No, I don't mean when I say a blessed life, I don't mean a rich life. I mean a content life. I mean a satisfied life. I mean the kind of life that has just enough. You don't need more than enough. You need exactly what enough is in your life, and God knows exactly how much that is. And you can live in such a way where you walk every single day in the enough of God. That is what it means to be blessed. That is what it means to be uh, rich in the kingdom of God, is to be in a uh, place in our lives where we are, no, God has provided everything that I need. Every need that I have is met. And guess what? He goes above and beyond sometimes too. He just lets me go out and buy a little fishing rod, a little fly rod that I can go fishing on. It's not the most expensive little thing in the world, but I sure have fun on it. Little extra things like that. He's like, all right, you go have some fun. You know, I just bought an ice fishing tent, praise God. I saved up for two months to buy it. And I got it, and there was mold on the whole side of it. I said, Satan, I rebuke you. So I called him, and they gave me $25 off. It wasn't enough, so I sent it back. They're going to give me a new one. But God wants you to have, I don't know why I said that. I just a little caveat there. But I want you to know something. I believe this, and you know, Pastor James confirmed this to me this week. I believe the devil's a little ticked off this week. And I believe the devil's ticked off because what I'm about to talk to you, I believe, is one of the largest areas of struggle that Christians have. I believe there is something supernatural about money, the correlation between money and your heart. I know the devil is fully aware that there is something supernatural involved that when God gets our bank account, God's got our heart. Because where your treasure is, that's where your heart is. The devil knows that if there could be a, a, a trust in the Lord in such a way where we would put our faith in him, the devil knows that, the, that the Jesus talked about the kingdom of God. More than anything else in the scripture, he talked about the kingdom of God. But you know what he talked about the most second? He talked about riches, possessions, finances. Do you know that Jesus talked about money 50% more than he talked about heaven and hell? There was something supernatural about finances and money in the kingdom of God. And the devil knows that money is attached to our discipleship. 
And so I want to read you a scripture today. I'm going to leave you today uh, with a faith-filled message today. We're going to walk through some of the teachings of Christ, and we're going to end on a, on a story in the Old Testament that I, I believe will give you some, some hope today. Uh, in Luke chapter 16, let's read this scripture here, verse 10. The one who is faithful, this is where our, our title came from, this is our, our series uh, text. The one who is faithful in very little is also faithful in much. And the one who is dishonest in very little is also dishonest in much. If then you haven't been trustworthy in handling worldly wealth, the wealth God gave you, who will entrust you with true riches, eternal riches? And if you haven't been trustworthy with someone else's property, what God has given us, who will give you uh, your own? No servant can serve two masters, for either he will hate the one and love the other, or he will be devoted to the one and despise the other. You cannot serve God money. When I pondered this verse, there was a, a voice in my head. This is Ryan. Everybody knows this verse. Don't teach it. Everybody knows this verse. Don't teach it. Everybody knows this verse. Don't teach it. And I want the Holy Spirit say, shut up, devil. <laughs> because what I'm about to teach you today, I believe there's a lot of Christians that don't know what I'm about to teach you. That, that maybe we don't talk about very often because often uh, we're afraid to talk about money because most of the time pastors and churches are begging for your money. And we make a, a, a rule in our church, we have a value of not begging you for money because we know that if I can teach you properly in scripture, you will choose to be obedient to God's word. You will listen to the voice of the Holy Spirit and I ain't got to beg you. You'll just do what the Lord tells you to do, right? That's called a healthy church. And so what Jesus here is trying to help us understand in this context is that this context of this, this, these little practical comments are the, the parable of Jesus talking about a, a rich man hired a manager to oversee his funds and his property. And this, this manager, either he foolishly mismanaged his master's funds or he spent it extravagantly and was eventually fired from his job. And it's an odd passage of scripture because he does something really random, but the, the, the manager honors him for it. So we're not going to focus on that part of the story, but we are going to focus on the idea that the context of this story is that a, a rich man, a, a wealthy man hired someone to manage what was his. And he was either Two scenarios, he either was faithful in the little things or he was untrustworthy in the, middle, in the little things. And Jesus is speaking about how we live our lives on earth and specifically referencing finances. He's talking about how are we faithful in the small things that God gives us on this earth. And in this verse, he's contrasting those, the, those who are faithful with money and those who are not trustworthy with money. And in this context of finances, is the idea is all of the money that the manager managed was the Lord's. And so I want you to understand something today, and you might not believe this, but I, I encourage you to start considering it. Every cent you have belongs to the Lord. Every cent you have was given to you by God. God owns a cattle on a thousand hills. Everything on the earth, below and above, belongs to the Lord. Not a single dollar in your bank account belongs to you. It's simply given to, it's lended to us by God to be stewarded like this manager in this story. And when we can realize that everything we have belongs to God, it changes our entire perspective on our bank account. 
It changes how we see what we spend. It changes how we invest. It changes how we give. It changes what we do in our life when we realize that everything we have belongs to the Lord. And here, Jesus is trying to contrast these two people, and he's trying to give you a spiritual understanding about something that you might not know. He identifies something very clearly in the scripture. He says, okay, listen, here's the point, disciples, of what I'm trying to tell you. He says, the servant or a manager or a person cannot serve two masters. He says, there are two options. You can serve God or you can serve money. These are the two options you have. You can serve God or you can serve money. Now, it's interesting that Jesus chose to use this word money. Some of you might know this. Many of you may not. This word money is actually the Aramaic word mammon. The word mammon was taken from Jesus chose to use an Aramaic word that speaks to a Babylonian god who is called the god of riches. So what this word here is not talking about money. Money isn't bad. Money can be used for God's kingdom and God's purposes. He's saying here that you cannot serve the spirit of God and the spirit of money. You cannot serve God's spirit and you cannot serve the spirit of of, of riches, the spirit of money. You cannot serve God's spirit and you cannot serve the spirit of mammon. So you need to know today that this is not just about the physical physical realities of cash. This is a spiritual reality that God is trying to help you understand that if you can grasp what he's being taught to you today, there will be breakthrough in your life. And I'm only saying that because I've experienced it. If you only knew my story, bankruptcy, foreclosure, short sale, no money, broke, owing the Bank of America over $150,000. No idea how I'm going to pay it. Had to file for bankruptcy. Even after bankruptcy, the bank chased us for $85,000 for years. And I'm going to get into it a little bit, but I'm telling you today, I went from crazy debt to no debt in the name of Jesus. And today I believe, and I declare this to you, and I feel this so strong in my spirit, I want to prophesy to you today. For those of you who today are in debt, I'm going to get into it, but I want you to know today, God has a plan and a future for you. There is breakthrough in the name of Jesus. We will be a church that says we are a church that says, you know what? God is our provider. We are not a people that follow the spirit of man. We follow the spirit of God. And we'll be a people who allow a creative margin in our life to be able to do everything God asks us to do so we can accomplish the purposes of God for our church and for our life in the mighty name of Jesus Christ. Isn't it interesting that he didn't say, cannot serve God and the devil? And why that's interesting is because the devil doesn't care about you serving him. The devil just wants you to get your attention off of God. And see, what mammon does, mammon is in opposition to God. Mammon tries to take the place of God. Mammon tries to get your attention off of God. It wants your loyalty. It wants your love. Mammon says, take and hoard. Say, cold, be careful. God says, give and trust. Mammon says, selfishness. God says generous. Mammon says buy and sell. God says sow and reap. Mammon produces, uh, promises us things that only God can provide. Security and significance and satisfaction and independence and power and freedom. It promises us that it can insulate us from life's problems and that money is the answer to every situation that we face. It wants to rule your life, steal your loyalty, and get your trust off of the Lord. The spirit of man is the root of all kinds of evil. 
The spirit of mammon for the love of money in 1 Timothy 6 is a root of all kinds of evil. Now catch, catch us today. Some people eager for money have wandered from the faith. Who do you think he's talking to? He's not talking to somebody who doesn't know the Lord. He's talking to Christians. He's talking to disciples. He's talking to Jesus. He's talking to you. He's talking to me. He says, eager for money, they have wandered from the faith. They've lost the faith. They've moved into unbelief. They believe that they're the ones who have to save, and they're the ones who have to hoard, and they're the ones who have to protect, and I better keep it or else I'm going to go broke or nothing's going to happen. I don't know what's going to happen. I've got to hold and hoard and keep and, and hold for myself. Wandered from the faith. And look at this, pierced themselves with many griefs. See, the spirit of mammon comes into our life and it has a competitive spirit with God. Now, I believe with all my heart that there is a spirit of mammon permeating our Canadian culture. And I believe that there's a spirit of mammon permeating the churches today. And I prophesy it again. I break that in the name of Jesus Christ over our church. I speak to every person in the room today and say, God owns all of the finances. And from my personal experience, he has never once let me down. I've never been impoverished. I've never been rich, but I've always had my needs met. And if you can learn to trust in the Lord and learn in this season to put your trust in the Lord and learn the power of, of, of creating margin, the power of the ancient practice of tithing and the power of biblical giving, I want to make you a promise. I know it's a joke. I say I always make you a promise. I want to make you a promise from my own personal experience. You will be a blessed person. Will you be rich? Maybe. Maybe God's called you to be rich like some people in the room. Praise God during the church. Hallelujah. But hey, guess what? He might just call you to have just enough and the just enough is satisfying. It's content. It's fulfilling. And all my trust is in the Lord and I don't spend one day in fear because I serve the spirit of God, not the spirit of mammon. I speak to this, this spirit in our culture and the spirit in our church, and I prophesy to it right now. To, the, to and those in the room today that are struggling with this, I want to pray freedom of your life today. One of the evidences of the spirit of mammon in our lives, and I want don't log off and don't leave the room. Hang on for a second. Notice that he says that we be a, we're a slave to God or we're a slave to mammon. We notice that one of the areas, the greatest results of the activity of the spirit of mammon in our lives is debt. Let me, let me call it mammon-focused debt. We become a slave to it. Now, again, before you leave, hold on. Not all debt is bad. You know, I, if I had $400,000 laying around to buy my house outright, I would have. <laughs> but I don't, so I had to get a mortgage. <laughs> I, we pay our bills on our credit card and we pay it off each month and we get our points, you know? So you might say, well, that's debt. Well, hey, let's have a conversation later, but it's our way of doing it, whatever. You know, we, we, you know we, we've had auto loans at times and, you know, we've done, but maybe you're here and you say, man, Ryan, we had a medical problem and there was sickness or difficulty or braces, uh, you know, rebuke it in the name of Jesus. And, you know, or maybe it's like, you know, like something came up and you're like, oh my gosh, we didn't expect this. So I want you to hear me today. Just because you have debt doesn't mean you're filled with the devil. <laughs> Just because you have a debt doesn't mean you're worshiping the spirit of mammon. I'm not saying that if you have debt today, you're a Satan worshiper. <laughs> but what I am saying today is that there is debt in our lives that is spirit mammon, that is focused on the spirit of mammon. And I believe that if you and I can uh, recognize today that if you have debt here today, I'm not saying that you're bad. I'm saying that there's hope for you. And that, but, but I believe that unhealthy, uh, 
spirit of mammon debt, what is our focus on when we have that? The debt. Paying it off. Got to work an extra job. Wife's got four kids, but it's got to work extra. Daddy's never home. There's fighting in the house. Come on, somebody. How many of you know that 52% of marriages in Canada end in divorce, and the number one reason? Finances. Want to know why? Because the large majority of Canadians spend a $1.7 more than they have. And that's the great, that's why my wife and I have, are in a, a great season of our marriage. Why? Because we're on the same page with our finances. We don't have mammon debt in our life. And we trust the Lord. Now, I am perfect, trust me, and neither is she. And I like to spend money. Hallelujah. Everybody knows me. I like to spend money. And I, I buy stuff and take it back just for the feeling. <laughs> and then I repent. <laughs> I do, really. I go to Canadian Tire. I'm like, oh, that, that, that. I'm like, I'd like to return this, please. <laughs> This makes me feel good. <laughs> so maybe you're like me. But there's something that I need you to understand that when we have this spirit-led mammon in our life, I look back on my own life. Come on, how many of you know what it's like to open up that envelope with that debt and that payment pops up and you break out into cold sweats? And anxiety fills your heart and fear overwhelms you and hopelessness fills your mind and heart. How am I going to get from underneath this? And oh man, I've been there and I've done that. I realized something about what got me into that position. Maybe not you, but me. Little decisions, the little things. I, and the little things that I did with the money that God blessed me with. The little decisions that I made. These were moments, little decisions like, I'm going to buy this house that I actually can't afford, but it's just $50,000 more, and I'll get more square footage, but I actually couldn't afford it in the first place. Or that car that I needed. I just need the nicest BMW. I remember when I bought a BMW off an auction lot and there was a hole in the heater cord. It lasted for like six months. And my dad's like, you're an idiot. You know, like, what's wrong with you? <laughs> and when my wife and I got married, when our first day we got married, I had over $10,000 in consumer credit card debt. And I don't even know where it came from. And guess what she did on our first day of marriage? She wrote a $10,000 check and she paid my debt. Talk about understanding the grace of Jesus. She says, I'm not going to start our marriage with debt. And she paid it off. Now, I wish we would have saved that money for a house payment, honey. <laughs> but she came in and she paid off that debt. So I don't come today from a person of, like, excellence. I come today from a person of brokenness. I recognize it was the little decisions that I made, the little things, little decisions here and there to get that thing and to spend, spend, spend and to live outside my means and to live outside my ability and to live outside my margin. And, and most Canadians live about 120%. You make 100% and you live at 120%. Of course, there's no way that you can be generous. Of course, there's no way that you can give. Of course, there's no way that you can do what God's called you to do. This feeling in our life where we, we just feel like, man, I'm not in a place where I can respond to the Spirit of God, where I can't be obedient to His Word because I have so much debt. And I can't, you know, the Lord prompts me to give $100 to this fellow here, and I can't do it because I just think about the 120% of debt that I have to that person, and I just can't respond like I want to respond. See, what the Spirit of Mammon wants to do is get you to spend every last cent you have so you're wrapped up and in bondage, and all you do is trust in your own ability to get out of it. Or you spend money to get out of debt. You go hire these people who take advantage of you and say, well, if you buy a new house, we'll get you out of debt. We'll just consolidate it all. It'll be one easy payment. You're like, what? That's all the same thing. We have to remember that today, 
the, the Lord wants to bring a supernatural breakthrough in our debt. And I believe he wants to partner with us. And this is my commitment to you for 2022. If you're here today and you're in debt, I'm going to give you just five thoughts from an Old Testament scripture. If you're here today and you're in debt, we're going to believe for you. In 2019, the Lord spoke to my heart. What? Did you want to speak? Just let me flow here, honey. Honey, when I step up, when I step up, it's a pastoral moment. Don't interrupt the pastoral moment. Jeez. I've talked about this. For those of you online, my wife's trying to correct me. That's why we're all laughing. And she was wrong. 2019, we had a car debt, motorcycle debt, a credit card debt. I'd say about twelve, maybe $12,000 in debt. Mortgage, Lord spoke to me. 2019, very clearly, I knew it was the Lord. I wrote it down. He said, Ryan, I want to bless you in 2020. Yeah, that's right, 2020. But I, but, but I won't bless you until you pay off debt. God, I'm going to say this strongly. It's not that he won't. It's that I don't think, I don't, I don't think he's, he can because our containers are full. And so he said, Ryan, if you pay off debt, I'm going to give you a story. Look, look what happened. I said, Lord, all right, we're going to do it. I told Steph, I said, Steph, we're going to pay off all of our debt. I don't know how. We don't have any extra money. Uh, we were, at, we were uh, at the time of the church. I think we were at the church. We were making like $40,000 or something like that at the church. And Steph was working. So we were probably making about $60,000, $65,000 together with our family, owned a home. We were strapped. I said, pay it off. He said, God, I don't know how. He says, I'm going to help you. A week later, $5,000 in cash in an envelope showed up on my front door. A person gave that money to us with an intention in mind to, to, to purchase something. But I felt the Lord speak. And when we got that money, guess what my first thought was? Babe, we should go on a vacation. Why you sound super great. I could do a lot with this. I could to spend one night there. $5,000 in cash. Ended up on my front door. We took that money. We dropped it all in the debt. Within four months, all of my debt was paid off completely. I don't have any debt in my life except for a mortgage. I'm telling that today not to say I'm any better. I'm telling you that today is that hear my story. If you're here today and you're in debt and you say, Ryan, I've got a lot more debt than that, I want to give you a promise today. He wants to help you pay off your debt. Now, do I believe that God goes into your bank account and writes off your credit card statement? I don't believe that. Why? Because he needs to teach you a lesson in it. God doesn't just heal us and say, okay, I'm going to take away all your debt. He doesn't do that. He helps us, five grand in cash. That's the only reason today that we are out of debt is because of God spoke to someone in the church. And remember, in the church, remember Acts chapter uh, 4, they had no needy people among them. Someone in the church heard the voice of the Lord responded in that moment. It was because I said to God, God, I'm ready. I'm sorry. Forgive me for being in debt. We're going to get this taken care of right now. And we went to do it, and we got our budget figured out, and we went for it, uh, and, and we, we were prayerfully considering it. We asked for help from wisdom from people. Four months it was paid off. And I'm going to believe that for you. I prophesy that to you in the name of Jesus right now. I prophesy to your situation right now that I'm going to believe that in 2022, no matter how large your debt is, that God is going to help you eradicate ungodly spirit of mammon debt from your life and that you will experience supernatural freedom in your life in the name of Jesus Christ. Let's look at this story here with just our last few minutes here today. 
It's in 1 Kings. And we'll see in 1 Kings chapter 4. The wife of a man from the company of the prophets cried out to Elisha, Your servant, my husband, is dead, and you know that he revered the Lord. But now his creditor is coming to take the two boys as his slaves. So the story is that this guy was basically a, a Christian. He volunteered at the church as a pastor at the church. He worked with Elisha. Elisha in those days was considered literally like God because he heard the voice of God and spoke. And this man, many scholars believe that he, he helped, uh, that it was Obadiah, and Obadiah helped uh, different uh, prophets or the ministers at the, that environment to, to do something charitable. But many believe that it was a good idea, not a God idea. His heart was bigger than his wallet. And he, instead of being able to do that from a place of strength, he went and uh, loaned the money. And it, what the, the, he signed an agreement that if I don't pay off this money, you can take my family as slaves. So that's one of the things about the spirit of mammon is that what you don't realize is that the spirit of mammon is a legacy you will leave for your children. And then it will be bondage for your future generations. And that's why we're a church of generations. We're going to eradicate it in the name of Jesus Christ. So we see here in this verse, let's keep reading. Elisha replied to her, how can I help you? Tell me what do you have in your house? Your servant has nothing there at all, she said, except a small jar of olive oil. Elisha said, go around and ask all your neighbors for empty jars. Don't ask for just a few. Then go inside, shut the door behind you and your sons and pour oil into all the jars. And as each is filled, put to one side. She left him, shut the door behind her and her sons. They brought the jars to her and she kept pouring. When all the jars were full, she said to her son, bring me another one. And he replied, there is not a jar left. And the oil stopped flowing. She went and told the man of God, and he said, go sell the oil. Come on, pay your debts. You and your sons can live on what is left. So what we see in this scripture is something supernatural. We see something powerful. And I'll give you five very quick things. First thing is this. If you want to get out of debt in 2022, it starts with you being honest with God. This woman went and found Elisha, who in their day was like God. And she said, God, Elisha, God, I am in a pickle. <laughs> I need your help. I am in bondage to my debtors, and I don't know what to do. It starts by having an honest real conversation with the place that you're at today. Lay down your pride in the name of Jesus and admit you ain't got it all figured out. You don't know what to do next. That you Maybe you're older here today or maybe you're single here today and you, you feel like, man, I should have my stuff together. Hey, get over it. Listen, things aren't like you thought they should be. Be honest with God. Go before the Lord because the moment you open up your heart to the Lord, guess what he does? He says, perfect, you're the perfect vessel for me to do a miracle. You recognize your brokenness. You recognize your need. You recognize that you cannot do this on your own. God will not bless you if you are remaining in willing debt. If you continue to willingly put yourself in debt or you continue to advance that debt, hear me today, God will not bless you. He wants to take care of that debt. And we have to say, all right, Lord, I need your help today. I need you in my life, God. Until our heart is repentant and recognize the areas of wrong, he won't help us. But when we come before the Lord and say, okay, God, I humbly come before you and repent of my wrong. I need your help. He says, ah, perfect. I'm about to blow your mind. I'm about to do above and beyond all that you can ask or dream or imagine according to the power that works 
within you. Are you here today? Here's a second thought. It says this, you need to have commitment to God's strategy. He says, how can I help you? God wants to help you. How can I help you? What can I do? He says, tell me what you have. He says, all I have is this. I have a tiny bit of oil. This is how, you know that the Bible says that she had less than this, just a small vial. She said, this is all I have. I only have this much. It's not much. The debt I have is larger than this. See, this is the mindset of the spirit of mammon. I can't afford. I can't afford to give. I can't afford to tithe. I can't afford to go. I can't afford. I can't afford. I can't afford. I can't afford. That's what the spirit of mammon will lead you to think like. See, here we see the, the Lord asked her, what do you have? What do you have? And she says, I set my mindset on God. My heart is set on God. God, this is all I have. This is all I have. And he says, that's perfect. I want to do a miracle through this. The little that you have, the tiny in your bank account, the little that you have in comparison to all that debt, this is exactly what he wants. You have to be willing to give the little that you have left to God and say, God, I am committed to your way. I know this feels like nothing. This isn't going to pay my bills. This isn't going to send my kid to college. This isn't going to take care of the things in my life. But you need to stop by saying, okay, God, I am committed to your plan. And what did God do? He gave her a strategy. He gave her a plan. God wants to give you wisdom. The Holy Spirit wants to give you a strategy. The Holy Spirit wants to give you a plan. He said, take the little that you have and I want you to go and I want you to gather and I want you to lock the door and I want you to grab very specifically, lock the door, bring your son, begin to pour. She did everything that God told her to do. She was committed in the little areas. Okay, I don't want you to buy that much anymore and I want you to pull back in this area and I want you to stop doing this and I need you to stop going there, stop jumping on Amazon and look at all the Black Friday deals. Every day is a Black Friday deal at Amazon. Like, stay away from there, change this, do that. She was committed to every single detail of what God had asked her to do. She was committed. And the Lord gave her this. Listen, the third thing she did is in the scripture that she would humbly seek help from her community. Isn't it interesting that God told her to go to her neighbors, to go to her community and say, I need an empty jar. This journey of debt is an isolating alone thing. And I want to encourage you today, you need to talk to someone about it in the church. You need to humble yourself and you need to ask for someone in the church for help. There are many people here in the room who have containers to help you, containers of wisdom, containers of prayer, containers of support, containers of care, containers of provision. They want to help you. But listen, this miracle would not have happened if she had not engaged her community. This miracle wouldn't have happened if she hadn't have brought it up with her group leader or brought it up with someone in her group or brought it up with someone in her prayer environment or said, hey, I need your help. I'm in debt. I don't know what to do. Can you help me? They said, yeah, here's an empty container of prayer for you. And here's an empty container of partnership with you. You have to understand something, that her humility and being vulnerable with those around her about the embarrassing reality of her finances was the actual breakthrough that she needed to experience a miracle in her life. Notice that God did not ask her to go ask for people's money. She said, ask for their help. Ask for their prayer. Ask for their partnership. Ask for their wisdom. Here's the fourth thing. It's very simple. You have to have faith in God. 
Notice how he says in the scripture, he said to her, God said, I need you to go ask for containers, but don't just ask for a few. Don't just ask for one. Don't just ask for two. Don't just ask for three. This woman went out by faith to the community and she gathered jars. By faith, she took her son into the room and locked the door. By faith, she brought her son in. By faith, she got that first uh, the little vat of, of empty uh, containers. By faith, she began to pour. By faith, she went after container, after container. By faith, she just kept pouring for as many containers that she had was the amount of God wanted to pour into her life. You and I have to have faith to believe that our God can do the impossible with your little. God can do the impossible with your nothing, with an empty heart and a broken heart and a willing heart and a humble heart. Our God can do the impossible. To have faith in God, that God can turn your situation around, that God can bring transformation, that God can do what he said that he would do in his word, that God will pour out his blessing onto your life. To have faith in God. And every time she poured out that thing, a financial breakthrough happened. Every single time she went and gathered a jar, she says, okay, hey, uh, Andrew, I'm, I'm really struggling right now, man. Like, I'm in debt. This is embarrassing. I need your help. And God says, okay, awesome. You're committed to my plan. I need your help. Okay, here, here's an empty container. Okay, by faith, I'm taking this empty container. By faith, I'm taking your prayer. By faith, I'm taking your wisdom. By faith, I'm taking your understanding. By faith, I'm taking your partnership. By faith, I'm gonna take your accountability. That every single time I'm gonna go out and buy that extra stuff, I'm gonna call you and say, bro, I'm struggling right now. I'm gonna buy that extra pair of pants and I have 60 pairs of it. None of them fit. I just hate how they look on me. I don't know what to do. All you have to do is be committed by faith to the very things that God's asking you to do. You be faithful in the little things. By faith. And lastly here today, and I love this, last thing here we see is that there needs to be faithfulness in the little that God gives. Look at this verse. She went and told the man of God, and he said, go sell the oil. Now, don't you think that if she had all those vats of oil, it would have been very tempting to take that money for herself? If she would have taken all this, this, this oil and she would have sold it, she, let's just say for a moment she would have had $15,000. Guess what she would have had? Just $15,000. But because she went and did what God told her to do, and the little thing, she's, okay, I'm going to pay off this debt, okay? I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to do all the things that God's asking me to do, okay? I'm going to fall, even though I would love to have that money, I'm going to pay off that debt. I want you to see here that it didn't say that she had just enough. It didn't say that she just survived. It says that you and your sons can live. Do you want to know what that Hebrew word means? Literally, the translation of the Hebrew word means to live prosperously, to be restored back to life. Don't you think that God took this little bit of oil and he did the miracle over and 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 over again? She had one little bit of oil left over. And God said, that's all you need because I'm going to do a miracle with it. But you have to be faithful in the little things that I'm calling you to do in, my, in your life. You have to be faithful to trust that every single time you see this little bit, you say, okay, God, I'm going I'm to remain faithful in the small things knowing that this is enough. This is all I need. You will do a miracle. You will provide. I need a new car. God's going to provide. You need a new home. God's going to provide. You need to get a new pair of pants. God's going to provide. God's going to provide. God's going to provide. I want you to see this today, that the beginning of this story ended, started with slavery. The end of the story, end of the story, freedom. This is what God's going to do in your life this year. Freedom. I want every eye closed for a moment. 
I'm gonna ask you for a moment of boldness. Every eye closed. You're here today and you have, and I'm, I want every eye closed because I don't want to embarrass anybody, but I really want to pray. I believe there's a supernatural anointing to, to break this spirit of mammon right now. You're in the room right now and you can just, just, you can even just do it quietly. You have some spirit of mammon dead in your life and you want, want to believe today that the Lord's going to break it off of your life in 2022. Would you just quickly slip your hand up in the room? Come on, let me see it. Come on, all across the room. Come on, anybody else today? Wow, that's crazy. Praise God. Come on, Father, right now. Lord, it took a step of faith to even do that. Firstly, I pray against pride. Pride would keep us from acknowledging our need for you, Father. I got my stuff together. None of us do, Lord. We need the living God in our lives. I pray right now that the spirit of mammon we broke over these people's lives right now. I pray that God, that you would eradicate that spirit of mammon debt supernaturally in their lives in the name of Jesus Christ. I speak to the fear and the concern and the overwhelming sense of control that it has in their minds and their hearts. And I pray today that you would eradicate it, that you would give them wisdom, that you would give them supernatural of faith to believe that, God, you can do the impossible with our little. And so we pray right now in the name of Jesus Christ that you would break these things off and bring a fresh faith to believe that in 2022, we are going to be free in the name of Jesus Christ. Lord, we love you with all of our hearts today. In Jesus' name. Thank you for listening to our Love City Church podcast. Visit us online at www.lovecitychurch.ca. We pray that this message encourages you and strengthens you in your walk with Jesus.